Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. It most certainly is all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. And a big part of this particular show, Johnny Steph, is getting the biggest and best and strongest and most talented Australian athletes on this show. And the baddest. All right. And the baddest as well. I'm not quite certain if Katrina Bissett actually fits within the baddest you should see her run, Cam. That, right, I've seen her you run. See her run. <laughs> I've seen her run. And she runs very fast. 800 <laughs> metres, of course. Uh, Kat, hello. Welcome to House of Ats. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, normally, the first question is, whereabouts in the world do we find you, of course, as we get into this European summer and embark what's going to be a big three or four months. Whereabouts are you right now? I'm currently in Malaga in Spain, so the southern um, southern beach of Spain. And... Um, Southern coast. And so I'm here because I'm just getting over my jet lag before I head down to Morocco um, for my first race in Rabat. Just on jet lag, how do you go with it? Is it something that just pops up every now and then? Do you have a bit of an idea when you go to certain parts of the world or traveling from certain areas that you're going to have to deal with it? Because you do travel a lot. How does jet lag affect you and, and also minimize the way you train about it for the day or two you, you get into a new place? I think I've certainly gotten better at dealing with it over time. I'm sure John can relate to this. Like, I'm pretty sure I made some terrible mistakes the first couple of trips over to Europe. Um, yeah, it's a combination of uh, just, I, I realize I got to take it easy. I think I went too hard the first few times and didn't eat enough, didn't, didn't sleep properly enough. And um, so now it's, I think a lot of it is just prioritizing recovery um, coming over to Europe. Yeah, I think you know the one main thing, and great to actually great to see you again, Katrina. We were talking off off air about the last time we caught up, but a lot to chat through at the show today with you. But I think the main reason we are doing the show, Katrina, and 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 proudly supported by Chemist Warehouse, is mainly to educate the general sporting public on what it takes to be an elite athlete. I think people just see you run on the track and think it's as easy as a gun goes off. You do two laps, you run as quick as you can, and that's it. So it's great to understand sort of the mechanics and intricacies, especially when it comes to people go, well, you just fly to Europe and you get on the track and you run the same way you run in Sydney. But a lot of people don't understand the work that goes on behind it. Now, the big question I have for you, which I've been wanting to ask you for a long time, which I'm super impressed with both you and Lyndon, your training partner, is you've just recently changed coaches with Ned Brophy, which I think is just super cool do that's my boy that near bro um <laughs> i love my mans and you guys are now got, yeah. you've got the quokka track club which is awesome um and you've made the transition so for what i see so smoothly um walk us through how you were able to do that and 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 now your australian record i mean 150 we'll talk about your time which i think is a, is a whole another segment in itself but walk us through the training and the coaching transition with both not only yourself but also linda made yeah, well, so I've been with Ned now for a bit over 18 months. Um, and, yeah, I so I transitioned uh, just after Tokyo Olympics. Um, and I it's been interesting reflecting on the change and where I was at and, and why I needed a change. I, I feel like COVID has affected athletes in all kinds of different ways. And I had my breakout season in 2019. Um, but then had to put everything on pause in 2020. So it really felt like um, I'd had this big 
big jump and then I kind of had to and I had to make this huge change particularly in sort of my identity because I was very much not thinking of myself as an athlete I was thinking of myself as an architecture student um, and then going back into 2020 going back into lockdown I had to sort of go backwards and go back into my architecture student um, identity and then coming out in 2021 I um, I just felt like, no, I need to make a really conscious decision here to switch to a much more professional setup because what I want to do now is be a professional athlete for, you know, the next five, 10 years kind of thing. Um, so that's why I made the decision to join Linden and Ned, which was in my eyes and has been a very much professional and structured setup. Um, in terms of training and things, it's, yeah, it's, it took me a while to get used to the, the new training. And I think it's took, it taken a while for Ned to get to know me as well. What was so the main thing, like Katrina? What was the main thing you yeah. had to adjust? Um, I think I think it was – that's a really that's a really good question. The main thing I had to adjust, I think the, everything was different. So the – the way that we set out training, like we we track everything on training peaks, so it's, everything's online. So yeah, so one of the biggest differences is that Ned is in, based in Sydney and Linda and I are based in Melbourne. So we are coached 100% remotely, wow. except for when we had camps where we, you know, um, yeah. visit each other in our cities or when we're overseas and then Ned comes over and joins us before the world champs and that sort of thing. Um, so everything's online. Um, and so I think it was a very particular time of my life where I was like, um, I have Lyndon here and we're much more organized so we can follow a plan very well remotely. Um, and of course I have all my other support team, which aren't talked about who are just as important as Ned. <laughs> so like, uh, like my strength coach, Corey, Corey Innes. And, um, and so they are sort of eyes on the ground and, and we have a very strong, uh, like support team and we have a really great communication. So Ned sends out like a, um, weekly email where we just wrap up training from the week before and talk about the week to come and yeah it's just run as a real like professional team <laughs> so everyone's on the same page and it sounds funny to sort of talk about uh you would expect you know I, I you know professional sporting team to operate like this but mm. I think you probably know in athletics it's it's bit of a mixed bag yeah, <laughs> like definitely. because it, it is all these little individual groups and everyone has their own particular way of operating um so yeah so it, it was get, definitely getting used to that coaching style instead of having my coach there every every training session um and yeah and, and it was a lot more prescribed so it was a lot more care in uh in the details and in the analysis of training that sort of thing because Ned's background is as a physiologist um, so he has a real strong sense of the science and um, and all that kind of thing. But I think reflecting like the biggest thing that positively that I've really come away from is our ability to like interpret a training session or a race, pick out the good bits and be like, yeah, I like we nailed this rep, we nailed this, this didn't work. For example, like we look at a race last year where I had a couple of races where I just couldn't get into a good position in the first 200 meters. And we were like, okay, we really need to work on that. And we had maybe a week between the next session. And so it would be like, all right, this next session, we're just working on my start and getting into position. So we would do repeat 200s, just getting me able to cut in well into the back straight. And then, and then the next race, I run my season's best, you know, for the next yeah. one, because I've been able to just, um, 
yeah reflect on the previous previous race and directly apply it to the next one so I think that sort of like more analytical approach has been the biggest shift and I think yeah and and I think it's it's continuously adapting is what is what um is so good about it in, in that same way so I feel like the training I'm doing now is is quite different to the training I was doing at this time last year as well not not hugely different but different in some key ways <laughs> structure yeah because we've we've learned more about each other and we've been able right. to really quickly integrate that into training and yeah. does that give you more confidence that you can consistently every single race be at your best oh absolutely it just removes a lot of the guesswork it removes a lot of this like blind faith kind of thing that you, you you hear about a lot in sport where you're just like you just have to believe and stuff like well you can <laughs> the best way to be able to believe if you've got <laughs> if you've got a lot the training and the evidence and, and the support to back it up you know it's not just like oh let's roll the dice again it's like no like obviously the race you, there's going to be things you can't predict but it's about preparation yeah, yeah. Well, I hope I hope a lot of young kids are listening because I think that's the best advice, Cam. You know, um, <laughs> you know, people talk about belief and positive affirmations, and you gotta you gotta go out there and say you're gonna win. But Caddy's 100 correct. Mm. The work you do at training, and it's not it's the work that not that your coach sees, not that your mum sees, and not that what you see. It's 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 the stuff you don't even think you're doing. That that yeah. makes you such a confident individual athlete when you step on that line because that's when the devil becomes really active. When you on that line, Cam, and the starter says on your marks, every negative thing comes through your head of I should have done more abs, I should have done this, maybe I'm gonna get and, and it creeps into your race, Cam, and then you find yourself halfway through the race in a bad position, like like Kat said, and then, and then all of a sudden you know your opportunity is lost. And in athletics. It's about creating these opportunities, Cam, because they don't come often. Mm-hmm. And I think Katrina's done an absolutely wonderful job in that. Katrina, let's talk about the Australian record. 158.09 is, is for those that don't know track, Cam, you keep talking about let's try and break 55 seconds for a 400. Let's try and break two minutes for an 800, and you'll see how quick it is. Hang on, before you go any further, that, that's that's Johnny Steph breaking 55 now, Cat. That wasn't something I just made up for an elite athlete. We're trying to have a bet now. I still think he can break 55 now. So just no, so Cat knows so what too. you're talking yeah. about. Hey, both of you are trying to set me up for my downfall. Know your limits, Cat. Know your limits. Oh, no, 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 man. No, but breaking two minutes is, is, is like the four-minute mile barrier, you know, and I, I'd like to think when it comes to women's aid. Really, um, was that a big goal for you, Kat? And, and you know, you're consistently there now, and that puts you really in every final, every major championships. This has you fighting for medals. Um, This must be great for your confidence coming up, leading into Budapest and also coming to Paris in next year. Yeah, well, I think the interesting thing is, I like you say, like I am consistently running sub two these days. Like I think in the past I would, you know, you'd have a couple of sub two races mm. a season. You might build up to one and, you know, you'd be really pleased. But I think, yeah, so so far this year, my last four races have been sub two, my last one being my second fastest ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just those averages. Like my averages are getting lower and lower and that's just the really exciting place like because then your worst day becomes yeah you know a day that you would really love a couple mm. of years ago <laughs> everyone else's and, good day and, is your worst day yeah yeah and, and so when those averages get lower or yeah I don't know lower or high when those times get lower like 
yeah, you can be more excited about when everything goes perfectly and you're like, yeah. it can be really magical, but um, yeah, just being, but then being, but, but then knowing if you're having a, a really bad day, you can, you can still make it through the heat or get through the race or the training session and, and get to the next day. Yeah. So, so Kat, Budapest is coming up for you. Obviously I, I'd like to think that's your major goal is to make the final win a medal at, at world championships. I know that's probably a goal you and Ned set out for yourselves. Um, Obviously, I know a little bit about track and I know sort of you're going to want to hit a good race somewhere between there and then to show your fangs a little bit and let the rest of your competitors know you're there to mean business. What race is that going to be? When can we expect you to to lay down a bit of a uh, a heater on the track um, to sort of maybe stretch out those legs to see what uh, all that hard training this year has, uh, has gotten you? Well, I I think there are... I think there are different measures of success. Like, like you're, you're asking about times here and... I feel like every race I'm going in and it's like, maybe this race I'm going in for a good time. Maybe this race I'm going in for, you know, a a placing or a win. So I think in terms of times, like my PB, well, well, the old, the record, I keep on saying old record because I'm like, I feel like I think I'm, maybe I'm uh, (laughs) jumping jumping the gun a little bit, but I'm definitely in a better place than I have been before. So I'm very confident about running a PB, but um um so my uh well I ran my PB in in Poland in Chorzow um in 2021 and that that's coming up on the 4th of June so I think that one would be you want really to go cool back there and drop another heater oh, okay <laughs> it was a really great condition there was a beautiful brand new stadium the Polish love athletics so it was a great atmosphere and they really looked after us um so that's definitely one I'm like that would be really really cool to to run a pb in the same track and the same meet that i did in 2021 but yeah every diamond league obviously is a amazing um opportunity like the rabat one coming up in three days you know i think for that one my biggest goal is to really get on the podium kind of thing like i think it's you know i'd love to win a diamond league that's a huge goal lifetime goal and um, so for, for Diamond Leagues, I think the goal is much more about racing and racing really smart and and being patient and not running with tension or getting overwhelmed by the by the opportunity. So that's definitely my my goal for those Diamond Leagues. And and then the time comes with that, you know, if I can nail those those um, mindset and process goals, then the time will come. But yeah, I think I think tours hours. Maybe the one I'm <laughs> just a special for one thing. for me. Yeah. Hey, have, yeah. <laughs> have you found this particular time? It's such a interesting time, of course, with COVID pushing things back, the Olympics being later, and then last year with two majors, of course, a world championship and a com game so close to each other, then another world championship this year, and then the Olympics next year. There's not a great deal of downtime anyway when it comes to some of these major championships, but there's even less in this time span because of of COVID. How have you personally found it, not just as an athlete, but yourself when you try to sometimes get away from the sport, but knowing there's always, there's always something looming when it comes to a major championship. I personally love it. I love having majors as many as possible. Mm. I would love to have, you know, two or three a year. I think it makes the sport more fun. I love the team environment, being on the Australian team with everyone and the pre-camp and everything. So I, I, I love that part. Um, I think, yeah, it is It is really interesting, like you say, to to want to mentally check out, but knowing that, you know, in a month or two, you've got to be um, racing at your best again. 
Um, so I'm studying architecture. Um, like I said before, I've stretched it out over many years now as my running has um, sort of <laughs> overtaken my, my priority list. Um, so I've, I found that a really great way for me to, to switch off um, my running brain and, and focus on these other parts of my, my life and my, my personality. Um, and that's been really grounding and helpful. So I think that's the best way. Um, and I think that's, if I could give advice to other athletes or, you know, young, young athletes listening to this is making sure you're nurturing all parts of yourself um, and, and giving them space and not just putting all your attention into, into athletics. And because if you're having a bad day, then you've got nothing, <laughs> nothing else to, to, um, to lean on. Yeah. When you get to travel all around the world to these beautiful cities, I'm sure there are many athletes, Johnny Steph probably being one of them who does not understand the beauty in many buildings around the world. I'm assuming you are very much different mm. and there's something in every city, more than one, I assume that appeals to you from a, an architecture point of view. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a very um, great question and very great, very astute. I, it's, it's been amazing being an architecture student and being able to do these like four month trips to Europe, to America every year and just having this exposure to different cities, different urban planning. And it's something that I wouldn't have gotten if I was just 100% in the architecture world. So you wouldn't think that being an athlete would help you as an architect, but there's been exactly like that. These, these interesting ways where it's been extremely beneficial. Did yeah. you notice the beautiful buildings, Johnny, when you went around the world? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Only the hotel I was staying in, mate. <laughs> Besides, I'm the worst, board. you know. Like, honestly, I look back, I look back, and I'll sit with my family and I'll be like, oh, dad's been there. It'll be some random uh, Sumbatay hungry. And I'd be like, how was I? I couldn't tell you. I can tell you all about the buffet in the morning for breakfast, and that's it. So I was hopeless. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very much the opposite. I'll be walking around the city. Everyone will get really annoyed at me because I'll be like, "Wow, look at those windows!" <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, like we're trying to get a coffee. We're all so tired." <laughs> and I'm like, "Look at these tiles. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful?" Yeah. And Lyndon's like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> Just on Lyndon, Johnny, you mentioned, of course, the, the quokka earlier in the uh, in the interview alluded to it. You call yourself oh, yeah, here the we go. quokkas and, and you can show us a, a little quokka there. How, how'd the name come about? Camp, camp. Where, where, where are quokkas from, Camp? Western Australia, right next to Ireland. Yeah, Western Australia. Of course, and, and, can they be found selfie? anywhere else, Camp? Uh, I, I, that I'm unsure of. Okay. Can, uh, can they be found anywhere else? <laughs> No, no, I Pam. didn't think so. But uh, you know, well, I'm sure there's a zoo that might have them. Uh, is there a reason why the Quokkas was the name or the name that uh, you and Lyndon adopted? Well, Ned is from WA. Mm -hmm. He's a Perth boy. Um, so go on. The shout I'm out all the West Australians listening. Yeah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think we've got a lot of Perth fans now, just uh, just from the Quaggers. <laughs> yeah, um, but me, me and Lyndon, I'm from Canberra, Lyndon's Melbourne. Um, but uh, yeah, when I joined the group, there was a lot of like joking around with the with the with this with the team, and we we're like, what should we call ourselves? And um, and Avish, the physiologist in Melbourne, he was like, we should, we should call them the Quaggers because. 
because Ned's from WA and it just became a bit of a, a joke. But you know when you, the joke just gets said so many times that it becomes real mm-hmm. yeah. and, now, <laughs> and, and now we're here. And I love it though. It's like, you know, it's like the wallabies. It's like, you know, it's just a real tradition with Australian um, sport to call ourselves after some cute, fluffy marsupial. So very much pleased with and it. Cam, and we get it's, a, it's toys, a real thing, so. Cam. They got, look, they got mascots. Yep. They got these tags they put on their running shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently their shirts. Yeah. Apparently they got, they actually got, they got live mascots now coming but as it, well. It's right. all completely DIY as well. Yeah. There's no, they're all limited edition because, because Ned, will make about three t-shirts and then never again so it's oh so they're limited edition <laughs> yeah. okay yeah they're all Damn. very exclusive yeah, was... <laughs> surely we're in the running for a couple of shirts Kev. Well, surely. wow well you want to buy yeah, now before Kev gets to the, the worlds and wins a medal and then goes to paris next year and does the same thing and the the price goes up the price goes up well, in these well, situations well. uh before we let cat go johnny steph you got any last questions you're psyched you're pumped you're asking about no. gossip then you asked if you were in a bar last year. You got some strange questions, man. So far away, you got one? No, I, look, I, I think what is going to be awesome, I'm really excited watching Kat this year. I think how she competed at, in Australia this season, um, she almost got close to breaking the Australian record in Australia. Um, and what was what was really, what I found really profound about the, talking to Kat is how much she's learned about Europe. And I think for our, for our listeners, there's one thing to race in Australia and then there's another thing to race in Europe. And I think we try and downplay it and think that, it, that you just go over there and you race. But you have to learn this, camp. And, and I think the Northern Hemisphere do it a bit better because they're a bit closer to Europe and they sort of they sort of do that more often than what we do in the Southern Hemisphere. But the world's becoming smaller now. And I think um, for the viewers, for the listeners, for the sports fan, um, if I had to put my money anywhere going to World Championships, it would be towards Karin, uh, Katrina's way. And, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing uh, what she's learned over the last couple of years. And uh, I think it's watched the space and I'm definitely in Katrina's corner. Love it. Hey, oh, thanks, John. <laughs> hey, Kat, for all the great things you do. I'm doing confident. Training, yeah. I'll tell you what you should do is you should go back and you can look at something not to do. So just YouTube Johnny <laughs> Steph 800 metres. He's only ever ran one in his life. <laughs> And he tried to lay the groundwork down the first 400 and he reckons he nearly passed out with 3.50 to go. So if you ever need a bit of cheering up while you're on the road, check it out. YouTube, Johnny Steph, 800 metres. That sounds great. Oh, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> Don't watch it, Kat. It'll be the worst, it'll be the worst one minute 50 of your life. Don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. I, don't know. I don't know if you broke 150, to be fair. Uh, I don't ran 150 away. Don't downplay it, Kat. I did it right. Uh, Kat, thank you. We always uh, love checking in with uh, you superstar Thanks, athletes Kat. right across the uh, the world. And good good luck for the next three or four months. And no doubt we'll catch up again soon. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure. Best in the business. We'll get to a break for a chemist warehouse. Plenty more next.